Hey guys, just wanted to let you know that the next two episodes were recorded back in January before all of this happened with the pandemic. I still think that these episodes are going to be very valuable to you um, in the future. So I am choosing to air them because we have put a time into them and so have our speakers. So I hope you enjoy them and we are going to get to use this information in the future very soon. Hey guys, let's talk about your marketing strategy. Tell me about it. Have you updated it recently? Have you looked into it to see where your leads are coming from? What is working for you and what is actually not working for you and is just an activity? Yeah, I didn't for a long time. And after having a conversation with Kinsey Roberts from She Creates Business, it gave me some insight of what things I should be looking at for my business. So I won't keep you waiting for much longer. Let's just jump right in. And guys, if you are enjoying the podcast, please, please, please go into the Apple iTunes podcast app and leave us a positive review. All right, let's get started. And welcome to the Planner and Training Podcast. I am here today with a wedding venue educator, a wedding venue owner, and a fellow podcaster. And I'm super excited because I used to listen to her podcast when we had our first home. And I was just, I believe I was in my second, maybe my third year in business. And I was really looking for a place to give me a little bit more education on branding and marketing. And I came across She Creates Business, which led me to knowing of Kinsey Roberts. Kinsey, how are you today? Very well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. It's truly my pleasure and such an honor to be with you. And I love the memory of you and your first home listening to my podcast. That's my favorite thing is when people are like, I remember exactly where I was when I was Mm -hmm. listening to XYZ episode. It makes me feel so good. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right on my kitchen table, all the windows open, my dog barking, but you know, headphones. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've listened to many, many, many episodes, to be honest, not Thanks. just one. Um, they just happened to be in my first home. <laughs> Thank you so much. So Kinsey, I can't wait for everybody to meet you because you have done so much in the wedding industry. But first, I want you to tell everybody what you do and where you're currently at. Sure. I am physically located in Colorado, and that's where my wedding venue is. I live on my husband's family ranch in the western part of the state. And almost four years ago, my sister-in-law and I built our wedding venue. It's called Vista View Events at Open Heart Ranch. And the impetus for building that venue is kind of what kicked me into the wedding industry. I have worked 
uh, personally in marketing and corporate marketing since 2010, which is why I felt confident about opening a business. But I've only been in the wedding industry specifically for about four years. Um, previous to that, of course, I was in marketing. And then also, we had both worked in hospitality, Katie and I, my sister-in-law, who I own the business with, we both worked in hospitality. Um, I was a food and beverage manager. So we did a lot of weddings, but I never, of course, considered myself in the wedding industry, as they say. And I found a conference called the Creative at Heart Conference. This was back in 2015. They happened to be coming to Denver, which is in Colorado, where I live. And I thought, I need to go to that. We are building this wedding venue. And I need to meet other women in the industry. I kind of discovered this whole online community of wedding industry professionals. And I knew I wanted to be a part of it because everyone seemed amazing. And you all are. So that's really what started my journey. Um, now, of course, I own the wedding venue. I've had the podcast for almost as long. I started it back in 2000, excuse me, 2016. So I do some education around venues, a lot of education around marketing, getting leads in our wedding businesses, how to create sales funnels in our wedding businesses. And when I'm not doing all of that, I am married to my favorite person and best friend in the whole world. His name is Derek, and we have two boys. Wow, what a unique start. Um, so with with your uh, the venue podcast, you're also a venue coach, right? I am. Yes, I work one on one with clients who currently have wedding venues or who want to start wedding venues. And then I also partner with one of my very good friends and a fellow venue educator. Her name is Lindsay Lucas. And we partner on a course called the Venue Academy. And we also just started our own podcast together called the Venue Podcast, which is just for venue owners and those who would like to be venue owners. Wow. You have accomplished a lot in our industry. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And I love so much education you share. Yeah. It's my favorite. I I don't know. I feel like you'll agree with this, of course, because you have a podcast. And so this Mm -hmm. I feel like this comes naturally to us. But I don't feel overwhelmed by the amount of education. I think that's just my personality. I feel I love learning new things. I feel like if you're not learning, if you're not growing, you're dying and you're stagnating. And so in my heart, I feel so passionate about sharing tactical strategies that people can use. I love to be encouraged. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I love words of encouragement. I love it when people recognize the hard work that I've done. But I also sometimes am like, okay, I'm done being encouraged now. Could you give me some strategies that I can implement so that I can have a really healthy business, like emotionally, financially, from a revenue standpoint. Um, So I'm really passionate about education that you take with you, and then you go implement the next day. And as uh, with education too, you teach yourself things and you learn along the way and how things are changing because we talked about marketing last year and it's not, it's not going to be the same as this year. Maybe some things are going to be familiar, but things change. And if we don't keep learning, if we don't keep, um, learn, wanting to learn, we're just going to become stagnant. Like you said. You are so right. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts. It's called the Social Pros Podcast. And the host, Jay Bear, has been in marketing forever. Um, He's written books, like he's amazing. And he said the other day, and I just was like, yes, he just articulated it so well. He said, a lot of his clients, which are like huge clients, you guys like Pepsi, Coke, those (laughs) kinds of clients. (laughs) But he said that sometimes clients will come to him and his company and his, you know, his marketing firm, and they'll say, "Um, we need a marketing strategy, we have one, and it's great. And they'll be like, Oh, we implemented it, or we started this strategy two years ago. And he kind of just immediately knows where what to do with them. Because he said, if you have a marketing strategy, that's older than eight months old, 
you don't have a marketing strategy, not in this, not in 2020. And I, and I thought to myself, holy cow, that's, he just hit the nail on the head Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. should know, right? He's been in the industry for so, he's seen so many things. So anyway, if you have a marketing strategy that's more than eight months old, you don't have a marketing strategy. Uh, that's so scary. I'm actually meeting with my marketing person in two days from now. And I'm just like, (laughs) okay, get myself into order. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So today we're going to be talking about creating a multi-pronged marketing strategy, which is right up your alley is it's what you do. And obviously you do it well because you have so many businesses. Um, so I want you to talk a little bit about what a marketing strategy is, but don't go too deep because we're going to get into this, all these questions and tactics that we're going to be sharing with our listeners today. Sure, you bet. Well, at, in its basic, basic form, a marketing strategy is how you bring in leads to your business. So the, when we, well, like for instance, when we talk about providing education, like my podcast, She Creates Business, it is part of my marketing strategy for the education and the one-on-one side of She Creates Business that I offer to clients, right? But it is not the only thing. It is what brings leads into my business, but the actual education and service that I'm providing is what keeps people there. And the sales funnels that I implement into that business are what drops people into wanting to work with me, right? So we have the marketing piece. That's the strategy piece. That's how people actually hear about you. That's how they get into the sales funnel. And then your sales funnel is what you take people through so that they can start trusting you so that you can start sharing information with them. And then finally, they become your client. So those three core concepts work together, but nothing happens without marketing, you can have the best sales strategy, or excuse me, you can have the best sales funnel, you can have the best internal processes and be the most organized business. But if nobody knows that you have a business that you have offerings, which is where marketing comes in, you don't have a business. It all works together, but truly the best marketer wins. And that's why we see some things that aren't maybe as good as the other thing be more successful from a financial standpoint than others. I have a surprise for you. Apple is not better than Microsoft. They, they're just not. Anybody who's really in computers and tech will agree, but they sell more because they have a better marketing strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They make you want that that's right. iPhone. I, Apple, I'm two, looking at my two months phone. after you bought That's the other right. one. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to say, I'm looking at my new iPhone, my iPad, and my iMac desktop all at the same time. Like they got me. They got me and they got a lot of us, right? But that's the, that's kind of the reality. That, and I know that that's a really big example and I'm sure you've heard it before, but I like to use it because it's so, I think it's a really crystal clear picture that the best marketer wins. Completely. I, I've seen some some DJs, especially who just know how to network. They net they may have a full book of weddings and they're not taking any more for this year, but they are still networking and they're yeah. still doing their social media, they're still doing their Google ads, they're still doing everything they normally do because you know, at the end we lose our clients once a year and then we gotta book more. That's right. That's right. And the other thing too is when we are, I think it's important to say, cause somebody might be hearing this saying to themselves, well, that's true, but you know, I have really great services. I offer, you know, I am better than my competitors. I, you know, I work better. My clients are happier and that might be true. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Yes. The best marketer win. That's all wins. And that's always true, but you also have to have the amazing service to back it up. That's what mm-hmm. keeps you in business. Yeah. 
That's what keeps people coming back. That's right. So we're going to be talking about multiple um, strategies and tactics. Um, mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about specifically having multi-prong, which means we're having different pieces of marketing that run parallel, but at the same time, they bring all those leads to our to our business. Can That's you right. talk about some of those um, arms, I guess? Definitely. So one of the things that I like to start with, and I hope this is okay, that I'll back up just a little bit is the reason we want a multi-pronged marketing approach. And for me, there's really one core reason. There, there can be multiple reasons, but the one that I like to focus on as a business owner in the wedding industry that keeps me motivated, and I think it will help keep you guys motivated too, is that the, the idea of digging your well before you're thirsty, which means put all of these marketing strategies and all of these marketing arms into place before you need them. It doesn't mean you need to spread yourself super thin and be trying seven different things at the same time, but it does mean what I want you to do is to focus on one thing, get really good at it, and then move on to the next thing. You're not done. You don't just want to say, awesome, I'm great at Instagram. That's where I get all of my clients and I'm never going to try anything else again. That's the opposite of what I want you to do. If you're great at Instagram, right now. Excellent. Keep that going. And now it's time to move to a different leg of your marketing strategy so that you can have multiple marketing, uh, multiple positions in the market that are funneling leads into your business. Because of course, leads equals sales. And that's what we all need. And the reality is this, you may not need it today. And no matter how old your business is, no matter how successful your business is or how new it is, at one point or another, you will need more sales in your business. And if you don't have these marketing funnels and these marketing strategies set up in different kind of legs that can feed your business and can be those arteries for your business, then you're going to fail. So we want to make sure that we have, uh, we're spread. It's just like when, what do people say in the online world that you want to have seven streams of income? It's really similar when it comes to your marketing strategy. You want to have maybe not seven. That's a lot, unless you feel like you can manage them, but you want to have at least two to three really strong marketing funnels that are bringing leads into your business that are important converting into clients. So that's the reason to have a multi-pronged marketing approach. So you might be asking yourself, okay, I, I hear you. I'm with you, Kinsey. Like, what do I need to do? The first thing is you need to determine where the, the where the client, your clients are coming from and not just where do you get the most referrals to your website? I truly mean where are paying clients coming from the most? So if you get a lot of traffic from Pinterest, who cares if they're not converting into clients? I'm not telling you to stop your Pinterest strategy and we can talk about that. But what I'm saying for this specific process I'm going to take you through today, I want you to find out where clients are coming from that actually convert into paying couples. And so there's a few ways that you can do that. You don't want to skip this. You want to do the work. Don't guess and make sure you have real numbers. So there's a few ways. If you have contact form on your website, if you have uh, any paid directories, like if you're on the knot, if you're on wedding wire, if you have a booking software that people can book, you know, maybe a 15 minute over the phone consultation, or they can book an in-person consultation, or they can book a tour. If you're also a venue owner, or you know, someone who is, these are all ways that you can find out how they found out about you, because I'm sure, and if you don't change it today, but I'm sure on those forms, you have a little question that says, how did you hear about me? 
And so you can take all of that data and you'll want to just put it into a, drop it into a spreadsheet, highlight all the people who actually booked with you, and then figure out where those people came from. That's step number one. Um, again, don't guess on this. It's really important that you take the time to find these numbers because a lot of us will say, oh, yeah, I think a lot of my clients come from Instagram. But do they? Do they really? Or do they actually come from Google? And you just think that a social referral is Google, right? Are you looking at your analytics? I know there's a lot we could dig into there. Um, and if you have questions, do feel free to reach out to me. But I think step number one is figuring out where your clients are coming from. So after that, what you want to do is kind of look at those bottom two or three. You're getting clients from them, but they're not your biggest referrers. If it's, you know, I don't know, if Google is your bottom referrer or if Pinterest is your bottom referrer, just set those to the side. Set them to the side. Don't ditch them completely because you want to come back to those and improve them later. But let's set them to the side right now because we want to talk about a strategy that's actually going to bring us paying clients. And we want to start to beef up what's already working instead of trying to like pull something up from its bootstraps at the moment, right? So set those aside. We'll come back to them later. And let's only focus on the top two, three, two to three ways you're getting clients right now. And again, it's really important that these referrers are where you're getting clients that are converting for you. Mm-hmm. So as an example, Fiorella, I thought I could use the top three ways that I get clients in my wedding venue business. Um, I just did this at the end of 2019 when I implement our 2020 marketing strategy. And I go through every quarter and I see where I'm getting clients at. So I kind of knew that this would be the answer. But if you ha- if you don't do this every quarter, that's okay for now. Go back and do it for 2019 as we record this. That's the previous year. Go back and do it for any previous year, depending on when you're re- uh, listening to this. And that's how you can figure it out. So for me, I have three top refers to our business. Instagram is number one, followed by Facebook, followed by Google. Google is number three. And we have another, we have two other ones that are close contenders, but they're not our top three. My other close contenders that I'm going to keep an eye on are um, personal referrals. So referrals of past couples, referrals from other vendors, I call those all kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then kind of tied with that one is uh, our paid listing on the knot and wedding wire, which we just implemented. Um, let's see, as I record this probably eight months ago. So that one's doing well for us, but it's not in the top three. So again, I'm going to set those aside and I'm going to focus on Instagram, Facebook, and Google. Any, does that sound good? Any questions up to this point? No, that sounds good. Cool. Okay. So those are my top three. we've, We've figured out the top three. Now it's time to figure out the two to three activities that we can do that all work congruously and in harmony together on each of those platforms. And now don't overwhelm yourself. Don't tell yourself, oh yeah, I'm going to do five to 10 things on Instagram every single day. You don't have to do that. And it's actually not the most impactful thing to your business because it's not sustainable. So sustainability and consistency is really truly the key here. Um, the where and the other thing I want you to know is that these activities themselves are not the strategy, right? They all you need to put these all into place and you need to do them consistently for at least 90 days before you have a big enough data set to determine if it's working for you. So a lot of times my clients will come to me and they'll say, well, I posted every single day on Instagram for 30 days. And the my answer to them is, well, posting to Instagram is not a marketing strategy. It's an activity. And that's not a bad activity. But if you had, are you actually getting clients from Instagram? Or are you on Instagram because you think you should be? And that's the kind of the why those first few steps that we talked about are super key to start with, because they're always like, Oh, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. Everyone's on Instagram though. So I just feel like I should be when in reality we dig into, yeah, you know, we, then what we actually do is we dig into their analytics and they're getting a ton of referral traffic just from Google, but they don't have any way of capturing that referral traffic. So then we actually focus on their website because that's their biggest marketing channel. So anyway, that's just a small example that I hope illustrates why it's so important to figure this out. So let's actually dig into the strategies that you can perform, those activities you can perform. And I'm going to use my top three client refers as an example to help illustrate all of this for you. Perfect. And then, perfect. And I'll touch just briefly on a few other ones. If you're like, cool, Kinsey, I did this for myself and it's actually Pinterest. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. So let's talk about Instagram. Now, as I record this, What's going to be most important on Instagram are three things. There's three things that are important on Instagram in 2020 and beyond. Stories, Instagram TV, IGTV, and keeping people on the platform. (gasps) I said it. (laughs) I said it. I know we all want the coveted swipe up feature. I know we all like, and I'm, I'm guilty, you guys. I'm guilty of that. I want that so bad, and I don't know why. I know we all want the swipe up feature. I know we all are telling people, oh, visit the link in my bio. Visit the link in my bio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the reality is Instagram hates that. They oh. don't, if they wanted people to go off of their platform, they would reward you for that, but they don't. They reward you for keeping people on their platform because they're a social media network and that is what they want. So I really want us to get out of the mindset of complaining about the Instagram algorithm and nobody sees my posts in my feed anymore. Get out of that mindset because here's the reality. You don't own Instagram. I don't own Instagram and they can do whatever they want. That channel can go away at any point. And until that happens, you just need to feed the beast. Sometimes we just got to like sit down, put our butt in our chair and feed the beast. And the beast of Instagram is keep people on our platform with video. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's what they're saying. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. Here's the great news. Here's the great news about them wanting that is your clients don't want to leave the platform either. They're not interested in clicking the link in your bio. They're not interested really in swiping up. I know that's super convenient and people do it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't achieve that. I definitely will keep trying. But the reality is, They want to make it as easy for themselves as possible to get the information that you have. So if you are a wedding planner, and let's say that you your niche is destination weddings in Florida in the Keys, then and you're providing educational content for destination couples in the Florida Keys. Well, your educational content should get be on Instagram and other places. And we'll talk about that. But for Instagram, here's what I want to see from you. I want to see multiple stories per day. That means your face on the camera. If you are painfully shy, then start by just putting your face on the camera once per day and alternating that with static image stories. But you've got to do five to 10 stories per day. Not too many because we don't want to overwhelm people with your life story, but five to 10 stories (laughs) per day. And put your, and put your face on the camera. And if you're thinking, my gosh, Kinsey, like, I cannot put my face on the camera. I'm so shy. Okay. Start with one, just that one that I mentioned, but then also I'm going to give you some tough love and then I'm going to hug you afterwards. You have <laughs> got to get over yourself. It's not about you. And video is, you know, you guys know this. I don't have to tell you video is so key mm-hmm. in 2020 and beyond. Like you've got to get on the train. Um, they want to see who they're working with. They want to know you like you trust you. So get on the train. Come on. Like there's a seat for you next to me. Get on the train and just get over it. We got to do it right. Start with one and then move up from there. So let's see those educational stories. Infuse your personality. Let's talk about Instagram TV or IGTV as the kids like to call it. <laughs> <It's not laughs> kids. Those kids are over on 
TikTok, which we don't even want to talk about. No. Uh, but Not oh my yet. gosh, yeah. Right? I'm like, ready for that. Yeah, it's, yeah, I didn't want to get time for that yet. But um, so, so IGTV, what's cool about that is you can A, save it, just like you can save your stories to your highlights, which you should be doing. You can save it and it can be longer. So you can create more educational style content. And I don't mean you need to have a class with people every single week. But if you're a planner, let's say you're that destination planner in the Florida Keys, and there is an amazing hotel that you love to recommend to your clients because it's right on the beach. They can have their friends and family there. They can do their rehearsal on the beach there. They can do their rehearsal dinner inside because it's a resort style. Well, what if you did an IGTV one day and you did a whole tour of that hotel and you interviewed their in-house catering manager or their in-house sales manager to talk about the the five top things you and your guests can do while you're at XYZ Hotel. That's interesting content. That's the kind of content I'm talking about on Instagram. And you might be thinking, well, doing that doesn't exactly sell my services. It's really more selling the hotel services. And you're right. And you know why? Because that content is what's helpful to your client. And that's what I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I, I like you, but I don't care about you if I'm your client. Not yet. I don't care about you yet because I don't know you. You have to give a reason for me to know, like, and trust you. And if you are providing content to me that's helpful, whether I book your services or not, guess what? I'm going to start to know, like, and trust you. And then I am going to hire you. And even if I don't hire you, maybe I find you and I already have a wedding planner, I might refer you to my friend. That's how sales works in the 21st century. All right. So Instagram. Stories, IGTV. Now, notice I didn't give you like 47 strategies on Instagram, Mm-mm. but I, I, that's because again, we go back to consistency and sustainability. In addition to having a strong marketing strategy, being consistent and being sustainable, and I'm going to keep saying it is what's going to put you above the rest. And Fiorella, you'll probably agree with this. We've both been podcasting for a number of years, but I'll just use that as an example. I can think back to when I first started, and I'm sure you can too. And the people who maybe started podcasting with us, they're not, they don't exist anymore. Um, They stopped. (laughs) Yeah, you know, they stopped publishing their podcast. Maybe they took it off of iTunes, but we're still here. And I can think of a lot of people that dropped off. And the reality is, if you don't stick around and try, Things you're not gonna, you, things don't just happen overnight. Hell, sometimes, or heck, they don't even happen, you know, in a year or two years. Sometimes mm-hmm. you really have to stick it out. Um, I'm not telling you to like beat a dead horse and keep, you know, droning on a strategy if it's truly not working for you. But I can probably speak for both of us when I say like for us, podcasting is working for us, but it is totally the long game. So, um, I encourage you to just kind of keep that in mind that consistency matters. You can't try any of these strategies for two weeks or even 30 days and then come and tell me, oh, that didn't work for me. Nothing works in 30 days, not even a workout program. No. Kinsey, I have a question about Instagram. Yeah. Uh, are Instagram, are, is IGTV still limiting the length of the video? They do. Yeah. So length of the video, IGTV length, I think is 10 minutes. Okay. Um, and also in your, but what's cool about IGTV now, and this is, some of you are probably like, oh yeah, I knew that. But for those of you who didn't, I didn't know this until a couple of months ago, but what's cool about IGTV now is you can put a clip in your feed, which is awesome. And in your stories. So if you are, if you record an IG, you record a video, you upload it to IGTV, it's going to ask you, do you want to put a clip in your feed? And you can say, yep, sure do. So then what you're doing is you're putting, I think it's 30 seconds 
um, it will, mm-hmm. it automatically will yeah. put a 30 second clip into your Instagram feed so that if someone sees that they can watch it and then Instagram is going to show them a little button. It's going to pause the video. It's going to show them a little button that says, want to keep watching? And they click, yes, absolutely I do. And then they'll go to the full length video and it'll continue to automatically play for them. Yep. Yes. I have seen those. I have too. And I'm like so obsessed with them. I do it for like movie trailers. Um, if I'm watching Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm like, yes, of course <laughs> I want to keep watching. Like, of course I want Gary to keep punching me in the face. It's yes. fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So it's, that's a really handy feature. And, you know, I'll tell you what, if, if both of those seem overwhelming, just start with one. I think starting with one, that's kind of what we do. And, and I get it. I'm an eight on the Enneagram and like a quick start on the Colby assessment. So I want to do all the things right away. But if we could just start with one thing, so maybe you just want to start with five to eight or five to 10 stories a day that are helpful content to your ideal client and forget IGTV for a little bit. That's awesome. Do that for 90 days straight and then move on to IGTV. There's nothing wrong. You'd be, you'll be really surprised at the end of the year. If you do this consistently, if you, if you stick with something for 90 days, then you keep it up after the 90 days if it's working for you. And then that might feel like baby steps, but my goodness, you'll be surprised where your business is at the end of a year when you can holistically look at every, every quarter of what you did, of what you stayed consistent with. And Kinsey, don't you think that you have to start somewhere and sometimes when the video is too polished, people don't watch the whole thing? I totally agree with you. You're absolutely right. I think that, you know, some of the videos that I like the best as a, as a consumer and not even as a wedding professional, let's like get in the minds of our consumers and our clients. Some of the videos I like the best are the ones that I can just really relate to. Now, don't get me wrong. This is just my personal like consumer behavior. I don't want to see someone who has like food on their face who with greasy hair, who's like right. in their pajamas still. That's not really like my thing, but that's some people's thing. So find your thing. Find what your ideal client really, really wants. You know, do they want to see you perfectly polished with like your blue light blocking glasses on and your YouTube light? I don't know, maybe. Or would they rather see you just kind of holding your phone, walking your dog, but still sharing super valuable information? Everyone's client is different. So find your thing and make sure you're just being true to yourself. And more importantly, make sure you're being true to your client so that they can relate to you. And that most of the time, Fiorella, you're spot on. It includes just being yourself and being a human being and not being so polished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, should we talk about Facebook now? Yes. I'm interested. Okay. Yeah. And then once you're done with those two, I have a question for both since Facebook owns Instagram. Yeah, you bet. So Facebook, and the reason I'm giving you this example again, you guys, in case you forgot, is because it's my second top refer. So I'm just giving you these examples from my business since I can speak to that really well. Um, for Facebook and Fiorella said it and it's true. Facebook owns Instagram and just like Instagram, Facebook wants you to stay on the platform. That's why they've implemented all of their video tools. That's why they also have Facebook stories. That's why Facebook live is a thing. They want you to stay on the platform. They want you to hang out there. People, they really, especially now, um, you know, in 2020 and beyond, they really want it to return to like a social, happy, helpful place. And so again, I'm going to go 
back to that same tip, which is how can you keep people on the platform? That's not to say that you should never take them away ever. It's, and that's not what I'm saying. So don't hear what I'm not saying. But what can you do to keep people on the platform while providing them helpful content that they need? And again, kind of just feeding the beast. I get a little bit frustrated when I'm talking to other professionals in the industry again, and we're all like melenting, you know, like lamenting the the algorithm on Facebook and how much better it used to be in 2015 and how we have to pay to play now and blah, 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 blah. And the reality is, yeah, that's all true. It's all true. It doesn't make it less true. But honestly, you're just gonna have to get over that. Like get over the hump, put that info, put that negative like context behind you and just feed the beast. If you don't want to, that's okay. But by not doing that, you're saying, okay, I don't want to advertise on Facebook. I don't want to advertise on Instagram. And I'm not even talking about paid ads. But those are those are really hard boxes to check. Um, because those could really help your business in the future. So it's so easy just to give Facebook what they want. There's two ways you can do this. First, the first way is this. Um, if you're scheduling your Facebook posts, awesome. High five to all of you doing that. Make sure you're using Facebook's native publisher. That's a super easy way to increase your Facebook engagement. Um, don't post to Facebook using a third party scheduler. That's old school information, but I have found that some people are still doing that and they have their own publishing tool. So just use it. Um, the second thing, this kind of goes along with Instagram, not surprising again, because Facebook owns Instagram, but you got to use those video tools that Facebook has given to you specifically. And I know, oh man, I'm cringing just saying it. Try to use those live video tools. <laughs> And I know, I don't know if you could feel, I could feel the anxiety through Mm -hmm. the podcast, but use those live video tools, you guys. And you don't have to do one every day. That's not what I'm saying. Try once a week. And in fact, don't try once a week right away. Why don't you try twice a month? Just do it on the same day every week and give your, give your potential clients, your couples, your followers, whoever's on your Facebook page, give them a schedule and just say, Every third or every Thursday or every other Thursday or these two dates this month at noon, at 1 p.m., at 6 p.m., that will depend on your ideal client. You also will want to test a few different times. I'm going to be live and here's what I'm going to talk about. That's all you have to do. And you don't have to drone on for 30 minutes. Just make it as long or as short as it needs to be to get the information across. So for me, I'll give you an example. For me, I'm a wedding venue. I want to help my clients find a wedding venue that is perfect for them, even if it's not mine. I don't care if it's not mine. I just want them to be happy because it's their wedding. We're not talking about a birthday party, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a wedding, right? So I might do a topic like 17 questions you should ask your wedding venue before you book. That's an actual blog post that I have. I have a lead magnet for it. And I would do said those 17 questions. And so on my Facebook Live, I might do, I don't know, maybe five questions, maybe 10 questions. And then I would point them to my blog post in a link in the comments for the rest of them. I'm not taking them taking up 30 minutes of their life. I'm providing really helpful information. I'm going to share those 10 questions. I'm going to share why they need to ask those 10 questions, why they're so important. And then I'm giving them further information and a further action to take. Now, you're probably saying, Oh, Kinsey, you're taking them off of the website, or you're taking them off of Facebook. That's true. I am after I have delivered 10 to 15 minutes of content, and they have chilled and sat on Facebook 
for 10 to 15 minutes on a live video because I'm using that live video strategy, then I've kind of paid the piper, right? And now I'm saying, hey, you can get more information on my blog post. And because I'm making that live video a consistent process every other Thursday or every Thursday, Facebook's going to start recognizing that. So combine the strategies, combine there's, like I said, you don't have to keep them on there all the time, but you do have to kind of pave your way and then extract. It's sort of like, it's it's just like your bank account. You have to make deposits in order to extract. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, I'm writing all of this down. Sorry. <laughs> These are such good. <laughs> they're such good tips. Do you do you find like your content has to be different on Facebook to Instagram? Uh, yes and no. It depends. So I I know that there's ways to do this. And again, if this is where you're starting, that's okay. Let's all just start from somewhere. So of course, we can all connect our Facebook and our Instagram, you can connect stories. So any Instagram story that you post, you can connect it and post it to Facebook, that might be a great strategy to test. Why not? You any Instagram post you're putting in your feed, you can connect it and it'll automatically post to Facebook. But here's the reality. Here's what I found. Typically, your Instagram audience is different than your Facebook audience. And you're going to find that with all of your marketing channels. And I'll give you an example for mine. My Instagram audience is because Instagram is number one, right? Instagram is my number one refer. My Instagram audience is potential couples, other vendors, and people who know me personally um, from the podcast. Hmm. That's my Instagram audience at Vista View Events. So number one is potential couples coming in and a hot second, barely number two is other vendors. They're just interested in what we're doing, which is great. Um, and my Facebook audience is also potential couples, but guess what? They're actually more local. They're more hyper local. So Instagram, those are my couples who are coming from Denver, which is about three hours away from my venue. Um, the, and we book about 50% from Denver. So those are my couples who are from Denver, who are from a place called Northern Colorado. They're a couple hours away from my venue. My Facebook audience are also potential couples. They're parents, people who know my husband's family really well because the ranch has been here for over 75 years. So still potential booking, but more hyper local to us. Those are two different audiences to me. And I'll tell you why. The people on Instagram, they're a little bit more modern. They're a little bit more up with trends. They Denver is a way bigger city. So they're a little bit more like artsy. They're a little bit, like I say, just a little trendier, just a little bit more modern. Um, and their style is different. The people who are hyper local to us, I live in a really small town. Um, not that they're not trendy, but their trend is different. Those mm -hmm. are, their trend is a little bit more, um, like a little bit more like rustic chic. Uh, they like to, their weddings aren't as kind of extensive as the couples that we get from like bigger cities. And they probably like at their wedding, we're probably going to know someone personally. Um, so those are two different clients to us. And the only reason I know that is because I've taken the time to digest that information and kind of mine that data and see who's interacting with us. And it takes time. Don't get me wrong. I didn't know that in the first, you know, I couldn't know that information even in the first six months of business. But now that we're in your, you know, year four, mm -hmm. that's that I know so I can specifically so I don't put the same content on both platforms is what I'm trying to say. It is different. Now, sometimes if I'm in a pinch, and I just want to post something to keep up my consistency. Yeah, I don't mind doing that. There's, you know, ain't no shame in that game. Um, but for the most part, my content is different on each platform because I'm talking to different people. Isn't that something I see the same thing I I'm in the same boat. Facebook, we don't use it that much. But our local support on Facebook is amazing. They crush it, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And the thing is, is about, uh, you know, we don't, we don't book a lot or we, the local support that we get on Facebook, I was really inter- I was really surprised, especially after 2019, that it's still one of our biggest referrers just because we have been getting a lot more brides from, or a lot more couples from Denver for me. But I agree with you. I just, I want to cultivate that local support so much because regardless of how much business we get, you know, online through online marketing. We're talking a lot about it today. Local support. We're all local businesses as wedding planners and wedding professionals. So we have to cultivate that. I'm totally with you. And that's why I won't stop on Facebook is because those local people mean the world to me. I'm, and they, I mean, let me tell you a story. Yeah. Quick story. Um, we do community events all the time. And one of our events is a holiday, a holiday event for a neighboring town that people don't from my area don't really visit. And I posted it for the first year. I was just like, Hey guys, just so you know, this is where we're going to be this weekend. This is what's going on. And they've been working really hard to bump up their downtown um, of their city, which our town is doing the same, but I just wanted, you know, to let them know. And I had so many people come to the event just because they had seen it on our Facebook and they said, we saw you mention it on Facebook. We have kids. We love what you guys do. We want to see what the changes they've made to their downtown. And I was like, okay, it works proven. Let's, let's do this again. Yes. Yes. And the other, the thing is, is like initially you might not be thinking, uh, oh, this doesn't, this isn't really applicable to my wedding planning business. But the reality is people want to work with, again, it goes back to the no like and trust factor. And so if I am looking at you as a planner and I saw you post that, I would be like, oh my gosh, Fiorella loves her local community. So do I. I'm going to reach out to her. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they, I don't have to, I, people want to connect with you on a human level. And so if I'm a bride who's or a couple who's looking for someone to plan my wedding and I, I already like your style, I get it, but I haven't made my decision. That could be the thing that pushed me over the edge because I care about my personal local community, just like you do. And I immediately feel kinship to you. Yeah. And locals also are good word of mouth. That's right. That's right. That's right. And word of mouth is not dead. That could be a whole nother podcast. Yes. It's so true. Not dead. Nope. Not even a little bit. No. Yes. Okay. So what is your, oh no, I had a question. Third one. Are you done with, are you done with, um, your Facebook, right? I'm done with Facebook. Okay. So when you're talking about Instagram and Facebook being your top two, are you, is it only organic or are you also counting advertisements, paid ads? So for 2019, which is what I took this data from, it is mostly organic. There are a couple of quarters uh, within the year uh, that I have run paid ads. I've I've run paid ads on Facebook and Instagram since 2017, but not consistently. So, um, and I would think that's important to say. So it's not like I have been running the same ad on Instagram or Facebook for three years, three plus years. Um, but every quarter, I will put some money behind some paid ads and just to test, see how they're doing, see what our audience is doing. And I like to do that sort of thing. Um, but this, this, uh, this data, this data points here are organic. Um, now in 2020, if we talk next year, if we were talking in 2021 about my 2020, this would look a lot different because as we speak, I'm running some really heavy Facebook ads towards a, um, an email sequence that I have for a free wedding planning checklist. So that's a lot different, right? 
Um, but this for us is organic, especially on Instagram. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I don't know what okay. was that about. I don't either. <laughs> that was weird. Um, it stopped at Instagram. Oh, okay. That's all I said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Okay. Sorry, guys. We're here. Hey, guys. <laughs> okay. So tell me to continue, please. Mm. So the final one that I want to talk to you guys about for us is Google. And by Google, I mean search. That's our third largest referrer for paying clients. And again, remember that I just want to mention again, going back to those kind of bottom two or three, you have set those aside. And so if you're thinking, oh, I really want to beef those up, you could apply some of these strategies to those other ones. And like I say, I'll touch on those in a second. But our third biggest referrer of paid clients is Google. So if that is you too, if Google is one of your biggest referrers, there's a few ways that you can harness this traffic to increase your bookings, to increase your marketing approach so that you're bringing more leads into your business. The first, as we all know, is improving your search engine optimization, SEO for short. That doesn't have to be scary. I am not an SEO expert, and I think I've done a pretty good job on our website if Google is our number three referrer because I don't run any Google ads. So Here's the thing with with Google, number one, they're constantly changing. They're huge. But I think there's a few th strategic things you can do to keep this as one of your biggest refers. Number one, of course, being search engine optimization. There's a few resources I want to give you for search engine optimization. One of my favorite people to learn SEO from is Cinnamon Wolf. I think she does an amazing job at that. There's also, um, the, you guys might know, these they're photographers in the industry, Davy and Krista. And I think their photography company is just Davy and Krista. I don't know, Krista Jones Photography. It doesn't really matter. Okay. You can find them. Just type in Davy and Krista. <laughs> um, and it'll come, like, they they uh, create show it website templates as well. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. So you'll find them online, you guys. They have some really easy SEO training. And it will really just help you understand, oh, I can change the alt text of all of my images. Uh, each blog post should be focused on like one long tail keyword search term so that I'm ranking that blog post for one long tail keyword search term. So what that means is a long tail keyword search term is like white wedding barns in Colorado. That would be a long tail keyword search term that I would maybe want to rank for. If you're a planner, then you might want to you might want to rank for Hey, maybe you're that planner in Florida, right? Destination wedding planning in the Florida Keys or wedding planner for destination couples in the Florida Keys, something like that. Mm -hmm. You can really do easy, easy Google searches to kind of figure out where you want to target. But Keep an eye on your SEO. If Google is one of your top referrers, like it is for us, it's for, I'm, I'm guessing you've already done a lot of SEO, so good on you. Um, one of the other, you might be thinking, cool, but how can I up my game? And I'm going to say it again. <laughs> you guys are like, oh my gosh, video. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it one more time. Here's the other, here's the thing. You can up your game by creating a YouTube channel. YouTube is owned by Google. Surprise, surprise. Uh, it's the second largest search engine in the world next to its brother, Google, or its sister, <laughs> whatever you want to say, um, next to its brother slash sister, Google. And it's it's visual search. And that's what all of our clients are wanting, isn't it? Um, the wedding industry is such a visual game. And so I'm really not surprised. Number one, I'm not surprised that video 
is so interactive for any industry. But for us in the wedding industry, I just think we should be harnessing it so much more than we are, because we just play in such a visual space. Now, if you're a videographer, if your best friend's a videographer or a photographer as a planner, take advantage of that, hire them, pay them for their services, get some video going. But here's the great news. You don't have to hire a professional going back to what Fiorella said, because she's so right, that most people want content that is that is relatable, that isn't so polished and perfected. So you could just record on your iPhone. If you have an iPhone, if you well, not an iPhone, not everybody likes Apple. <laughs> if you have any cell phone, which I <laughs> you do, if you're listening to this, you can record yourself, you can post it on YouTube. And don't let it stop you that it's not perfect. Please don't. It's so easy to get started on YouTube pop up a channel in a day, start putting good, healthy content out of there. It's okay if your video is not great. There's so many tools you can use to make it okay, right? Like you could get 80% of the way there and still get a following. Let me give you a quick example. Mm -hmm. With any phone, you can get a little clip off of Amazon that will give you studio light. It just clips right onto your phone. I think it's called um, the Diva Ring. You can yeah. clip it right to your, yeah, right, Diva uh, Ring? Uh, no, maybe that's the big one. The diva ring is like the big one for like professional YouTubers. Okay. But if you type in, if you type in like diva iPhone ring into Amazon, you'll find it. Um, they'll, it'll come up. It clips right onto your phone. It gives you that studio light that everybody likes for all those makeup YouTubers. And you can just quick record that it, it takes your video quality from like a three to a seven. How great is that? It's like 25 bucks. Um, so there's super easy things you can do. So don't let it stop you. Like I don't even have a big camera. I can't get on YouTube. You can, you can, and you should, and you might be wondering, well, what do I talk about? Well, what do your ideal clients want you to talk about? Here's a question. What are the questions that you get over and over again on a weekly basis from your planning clients? Mm -hmm. Those are the questions that you should be answering on YouTube. Or if you're somebody who's an educator in the industry, like Fiorella is, like I am, maybe you want to start a YouTube channel to help educate other planners because you want to help other people understand how to become a destination wedding planner. That's something that you could talk about. Find out who you're trying to target and then it just answer those questions. There's a really great book out. It's by Jay Bear, the guy I told you about earlier who hosts the Social Pros podcast. This is an old book, but it's still one of my favorites. It's called Utility, Y-O-Utility. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's, again, it's old, but the, con the concept is still 100% accurate. And it basically says, stop trying to be special. Stop trying to be some like unique unicorn and just start helping people. Hey. That's the end right there, right? I'll just do that, right? <laughs> yeah, the end. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, but that's that's the thing, right? Just start helping people. Just start answering their real questions and you're going to win. I, I agree with that. And and let me just add this too. And this, mm -hmm. I'm just, a lot of times I say things just so I hear it. And um, because I need, you know, I need to push myself to do more video yeah. as well. I used me to too. do a lot of video and then I was like, nobody wants to see me. But like you said, get over yourself. If you, if, if you're, if you're saying, well, I'm, I'm a luxury person, I want to have luxury video. The thing is that if you are a luxury person and you want to show off the kind of weddings that you do, they're going to speak for themselves, whether you have a professional camera or not. Your right. office is going to look beautiful. Probably the, the clothes that are, you're, you're going to be wearing are probably going to be a, a step up. So yourself is going to reflect a lot more of what you are, what you're trying to attract rather than a, an expensive camera that you probably don't even know how to use. Um, 
So I think it, it, there's so much and so much technology available for us to do this ourselves now, and especially when it comes to um, doing it over and over again, like you're saying, weekly. Maybe I'll try maybe once a month. That's going to be my go. goal. Once a month. Yeah. Saying it right here, right now. I love it. <laughs> once a month. And just make it the same date every month. If everyone knows on the 15th of a mo- the month that Fiorella posts an awesome 20-minute video that I'm going to learn something on, uh, cool, I'm there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a good point. And what's interesting is I, I, would, I would talk to those people who are like, oh, I'm, I'm in the luxury market. Are you? Are you? Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. I would yeah. encourage everyone to now. Not everybody can drop one hundred thirty dollars on a report, but Splendid Insights, a company uh, called Splendid Insights, does a report of the of wedding industry as a whole in the United States and in other countries. So if you're not in the states, and you can get it for one twenty nine, and I purchased it last year, and as of last year, the true quote luxury market is like one percent of all weddings. So that Doesn't what they that define as luxury. What's that? That tells you a lot of things. It does. It tells you a lot of things. It's like if you're if you're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I need to raise my rates. Like I want to be a planner that charges, I don't know, seven thousand dollars or ten thousand. Sister, you're gonna have a really hard time booking weddings depending on where your market is. It's okay. Like thirty nine, I think it's twenty nine percent or thirty nine percent of the industry spends no more than thirty k on their whole wedding. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know more to the next episode is actually going to be with um, the wedding report. So yes. that's going to be if you listen to both of these back to back, you're going to be golden, golden. And that's that's Kylie Carlson, right? The wedding report. Uh, I'm talking so. to Shane McMurray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shane. OK. Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you probably smart. have them on, the, on your podcast. Uh, well, I've had Kylie, but yeah, so super smart. They know Shane, they know everything. I mean, it's just, it's interesting. Like if, when we get those actual percentages, I think it just helps us operate our business so much better. Sometimes I feel like we're operating a lot on like feelings mm-hmm. and emotions and something we heard someone else say kind of like, which I get it. I, I have a podcast. So sometimes I'm like, is this helpful or not? Um, <laughs> But if we can actually get that data, and that's why I'm telling you at the beginning of this this show, before you even start implementing a marketing strategy, is get the numbers. Because once you do, you can just be so much more impactful in your business. I love it. Before we run out of time, I have two questions for you. Tell me about your first wedding, because I know you had a venue. You have a venue. So tell me (laughs) about your first wedding and what you learned from it. My first wedding was interesting. I learned a lot from it. So <laughs> it, at the end of the day, I'll just, I'll start with the good news. At the end of the day, it all went really, like it all went fine. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anything, we didn't have to like any fires to put out as far as like actual fires. But it was a total, I'm not going to cuss, but it was a uh, uh, poop <laughs> show. <laughs> um, everything went well, but as far as like the client was concerned, but we had like a bar issue. Um, the we didn't really know how to communicate our our rules just because we were nervous. Everything was in our contract, but it was our first wedding, right? So we were we were super nervous about communicating our rules on site. We didn't really have a super good handle on how we handled our bar. So we let a local restaurant come and bartend, which we thought that would be okay. Turns out it wasn't. So we had a lot of alcohol consumption. A fight ended up breaking out at the end of the night. Wow. I mean, 
Yeah, the bartender left at like 10 o'clock and she was supposed to be there till 11. She didn't even tell us. So people are like serving themselves. Um, it oh, was, no. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious and crazy. I mean, we got a handle on all of this really quickly, but all of these things happened, right? So these are things that we had to get a handle on. Um, so literally after that wedding, then they, of course, they had to leave a bunch of stuff there overnight because it was like, okay, guys, the wedding's over. <laughs> we got to go. Um, so they had to leave a bunch of stuff there overnight so that people could get home safely. We had so many cars there, which, you know, we were totally fine with, but we're, we don't usually allow overnight parking or we didn't want to. We don't allow people to keep their stuff there overnight. So these are all things that we learned just in wedding number one. Um, and it, it all, like I say, all turned out, all turned, you know, washed out in the end and it was fine. And I, you know, we've actually seen that couple since at a few of our weddings and it's been great. Um, but I immediately the next day, pretty much revamped like six sections of my contract. And from that day forward, I was we you know, we haven't been afraid to communicate our policies in person, we make sure that people know what we're what our policies are. And actually, like a few things we've implemented are, we make people initial after every section of our contract. So we don't just have them read this whole contract and only sign at the bottom, our contract is separated into sections, and they initial every single section. And we have found that because they have to initial every section, then they actually read it. Mm -hmm. And so that our policies are communicated so much more clearly and that we actually have to do very little educating um, as far as what our policies are because our contracts in plain English, first and foremost, they initial every single section. And then we also have kind of strategic ways that we communicate throughout the engagement and planning process that reinforces our policies. So first wedding, we learned a lot. Ooh, and it was a big wedding too. It was uh, our max capacity is 200. It was 200 people. Oh, wow. uh, so, yeah, yeah, we learned a lot. It was it was it was fun. And I can't, it feels like yesterday, but it was also, you know, years ago. Hey, but hey, that's a good learning right away. Contract. Oh my, totally. It totally was. And I thought to myself, if we can get through this, we can literally get through any wedding. Mm -hmm. And we have, um, that's probably the most, and I, it wasn't even, it wasn't even bad. You know, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I never want to do weddings. Let's close this place down. Yeah. Uh, it was just a lot to learn. And so I thought to, I said, if we can do this, we can do anything. Um, and we have. Good for you. Congratulations yeah, thank again. You. Thank you. Is there a piece of advice or encouragement you want our listeners to take action on today? Yes, totally. I there's two things I want you to do. Number one, I want you to say yourself, say to yourself, you already have everything you need to have a successful business. Um, again, I know we're both educators in the industry. But sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes you know everything you need to know. And what is holding you back is actually just implementation. That's what I see a lot is, gosh, you have a lot of knowledge. Everybody has a story. Everybody has some set knowledge set. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be learning new things. I know I am. But it also means that sometimes you just need to step back from people telling you what to do, including me, and just start implementing. Mm -hmm. So if you could implement something today, I would love for you to start with Instagram Live, Instagram TV, Instagram Stories, start posting five to eight stories per day or get on live once per week, the same day, every single week. Do that for three months. Educate your clients on a topic that's important to them and come back and talk to me and tell me how it went. I love it. You guys have homework. So do I, apparently. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your space with me. I really appreciate it. This was amazing. You are the real deal. I'm so thankful you're here today. Me um, too. Please let everybody know where can they find you and anything you want to share with them. 
Oh, thank you for that opportunity. You can find me at shecreatesbusinesspodcast.com. And if you are interested uh, in the marketing strategies that we shared today and kind of taking them to the next level on the homepage, I have a free download. You can grab it. It's right there. It's a pink button. It says nine ways to get more clients. Uh, grab that and it'll kind of help you understand how to go even further with these marketing strategies. It teaches you nine different ways in your business that you can kind of gain more clients if you're looking for kind of a shot in the arm to uh, get more clients in your business and make more money this year. Love it. And I'm sure our listeners are super thankful to have you on this episode as well. And just as a reminder, everybody, thank you for being here to both Kinsey and everybody who's listening. Remember to visit us at plannerandtraining.com to see our updated resources and freebies and so much more. You guys have a wonderful day. Wedding season's only a few months from here. So get ready. Take what Kinsey has shared with us today, put it to work, and let's see what happens in a couple months. Love it. Thank you so much for having me.